Welcome back to the Graveyard Shift. I'm James Pugh. I'm Dave Burrows. Today, we're joined by a woman who's playing a key role in making a positive difference to the lives of people impacted by cancer in Shropshire and Mid Wales. So it's a big welcome to Helen Knight, Head of Fundraising at Shropshire Cancer Charity, Lingen Davis. Thank you very much. What a massive introduction. That was, yeah, we do that's, try. A bit, that's a big build-up now. That, that is absolutely massive. That is, for me, that is um, the chap of Virgin Radio in the mornings. Do you watch Virgin Radio in the mornings? I don't. Listen to. Oh, James, um, yeah, you so career, he, don't listen to. He, he does this massive, big build-up to people coming on. I'm always like, oh, I love that. James, James is well rehearsed in his intro. Sound. I love it. I love it. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Right. Well, we'll start off with a real hard question to answer. Oh. Right. Um, how much has cancer research and treatment developed over the years, and can we ever totally win the battle against cancer? <laughs> that talk, is talk, a... about, talk about easing you in. Ooh, we'll ease you in with ooh. a nice... Okay, nice easy, massive... I'll hit the hard okay, question. Nice easy one to start with. That is a massive question. <laughs> cancer, well, when do we win? First of all, just to put it out there, I am not a nurse, mm-hmm. um, and neither am I trained in any aspect of medical. However, I have been working in the cancer sector for quite some years. Um, my background being that I was with Macmillan for many years, um, did a little stint that we talked about off air at the NHS um, and have been at Lingen for a few years so I have a little bit of background in the cancer sector um, wow where we are now compared to where we were let's say 10 years ago uh, is just incredible um, words like pneumotherapy uh, which is a new form of treatment for patients. Um, and, um, yeah, where we are now is just ridiculous, really, compared to where we were, even down to how we talk about it. Yeah. You know, I can remember perhaps 10, 20 years ago, I lost both my grandparents to cancer. wasn't even mentioned, wasn't even a word mentioned mm. in the house. It was like it's a disease and yeah. they've died and cancer wasn't even talked about. Now it is talked about. Um, more and more people are getting it. Um, one in two is now the statistic. Yeah, because that was it was always one in three, wasn't it? It was always, always one, in one in three, one in three, and then yeah. suddenly it was like when it one be, in two. It's, it, and it's weird how that suddenly became more stark. Yes, absolutely. If you think it's every other person, that suddenly yeah, is absolutely. But this is down to your initial question: is that people are being diagnosed earlier? Yeah. People are more aware. Um, and we can treat it. So where perhaps there was an ignorance to it 20, 10, 20 years ago, um, that isn't there anymore. And I think people are much more accepting of the fact, okay, I found a lump on my breast, um, I need to go and um, have a smear test, um, and all of the prostate tests that are being done. So all of those things that are being talked about with young people and as the generations come through means we're catching cancer early, it means it's treatable, and people can get on and enjoy the rest of their lives. Uh, obviously, it's not always a lovely story, um, and I think on the back of the pandemic, we are there is absolute evidence out there, sadly, that people are being diagnosed too late. Yeah, um, I mean that was that was a, a big tricky period, wasn't it? Because yeah. it, it's almost the messaging was obviously stay away. Yes, if you can. Yes, but if you if you got a cancer suspicion or cancer treatment, don't stay away. Yeah, but I don't. Think and, that and I don't know whether through. it's a generational thing, but certainly some people would have gone. Do you know what? I don't want to be yeah. a burden. Well, I can tell yeah. you they've got enough to deal with. I've got thing. a stat in front of me. Excellent. So, Love a stat. Stats. Love a stat. Love a stat. Lingen Davis at the Shrewsbury saw just over 4,000 patients. 2020, 2021, just over 3,000. Right. So now that isn't because there were 1,000 less patients no, no. to be seen. No. In fact, year on year, we have increased the amount of patients we see. 
So um, we dropped off by, what's that, nearly a third, isn't nearly it? Third, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think the messaging was out there. Obviously, I'm not blaming anybody for that because no one knew what they were doing, did they? No. Um, even our beautiful MPs didn't know what they were doing. Um, but they basically were saying stay away. And for the generation that perhaps needed the urgent care that, that, that would have been the people that we needed to see quickly mm. were actually the ones that wouldn't have gone because yeah, they were absolutely. frightened. Yeah. They were frightened. And on a personal experience, my mum got cancer during COVID um, and um, she did go eventually, but she was absolutely petrified more of the, I'm going to get COVID yeah, that's right, yeah. than, because obviously everybody was going to die from it, weren't they, yeah. at that time, to actually you need to be treated because the cancer's going to kill you. Yeah. So um, I think it was a very sad time. And, and, and now the knock-on effect of that is, and if you read cancer research, um, as in the charity, the stats are that more and more people, we're going to see the backlog of that over the next few years, that sadly people are going to be presenting too late. Um, and there's very little that we can do about that. Um, but as far as your initial question, we're miles ahead. We've still got a long way to go. Will we ever combat it? I'm not sure. Should we ever combat it? I'm not sure. You know, how long are we going to be living for? You know, something in the end is going to have to kill us. Yeah. So we're all going to die. Yeah. We can all sit around this table and agree yep. on that. Yep. Yep. Um, wh at what age do we get to the stage that our bodies can continue? Um, yeah, it's, because it's a big as, question. As, as you improve treatments for cancers, other other yep. diseases like that, yep. then, then you get more prevalence of dementia and other cognitive absolutely, diseases. Don't you? Absolutely. So then that so it then becomes a, yep. a, a, the an whole issue thing, that exactly the exactly. Is, so it, it's a massive, massive question. But where we are now is it's just a completely different world to what we were 10, 20 years ago. And that that's exciting. It's good. Um, and, you know, th and that's why the stats look as they do, that we're 1.2, mm. because more people are talking about it, more people are going. We know what it is. We can treat it. And so, what, is and what about sorry, sorry uh, and, and the centre itself, the Lingen Davis Centre yes. itself? I mean, yes. Presumably, in the, in the last decade plus, some of the the equipment there must have improved yeah. vastly oh, as well. Incredibly, thanks to fundraising. Yeah, yeah, of course. So the well, radiotherapy wasn't in Shropshire forty years ago. We didn't even have it. No. So people were going to Birmingham and and further afield. Um, Lingen Davis built the centre. We invested in it. NHS run it. We don't, we don't run it, um, but we do buy new pieces of equipment. In fact, um, we've just bought the CT scanner that has been put into yes, place. Yeah. And I'm soon to learn from uh, our head of radiotherapy there what that's meaning. So um, that's quite an exciting time for us. It's been in a few months now. Um, it cost us nearly a million um, to put in. You could argue, why aren't the NHS buying that? The base of it is they can't afford it. Yeah. Um, end of. Yeah. Um, the old the old CT scanner was okay, um, but it wasn't amazing. This new piece that we bought is amazing. It's stopping people going to Birmingham. It's being able to be more accurate. Um, it's diagnosing earlier. All of these things. So we're just about to hear what that is actually meaning mm. to patients. So yeah, what we're doing now in that centre alone in Shrewsbury is incredible. We still have patients, and I must say this, that have to go further afield. Of course. If you've got leukaemia, you might come to Shrewsbury, you might go to Birmingham and then come back to us. Um, if you've got a brain tumour, you may still go to Stoke. 
If you've got a sarcoma cancer, you may still go to Manchester. So there are these specialist hospitals throughout the UK that can offer more than we can in our small county. But what we are doing is, you know, amazing. But is the hope one day that that wouldn't need to be the case and that they'll be able to get all their treatment? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that just be incredible? And and, and as a... But is it realistic, though? I think, well, interestingly, as a cancer charity um, for us... If we even talk about three years ago, I joined three years ago, which was just just at the start of the pandemic. We were raising five or six hundred thousand at that point. We raised a million last year. We invested a million. Um, I would love in the next three years to take it to two, three million. If any of my trustees are listening, um, you know, don't don't, don't completely uh, um, roll my job on that. But yeah, write it down, write it down. But but. I do think that is achievable for us um, and I think it's very exciting and I think that obviously the more we can raise, the more money we have, the better the treatment we can get out of Shrewsbury, you know, end of. And, uh, you know, Shrewsbury... We saw it again on the back. I don't wish to talk about the pandemic all the time, but on the back of the pandemic, kind of inescapable. I know, I know. <laughs> even, even now, it's I know still... it's sad. But more and more people are moving into the county. Younger people look at Telford, where we are today. You know, I drive through Telford to get here, and the amount of houses that are being yeah, yeah. built and the investment. Well, that means more people, yeah. uh, more more younger people, younger families. But already, so, your catchment you know, area is, is massive, isn't it? it? Is because huge. because when yeah. you bring when yeah. Wales into into the yes, into the, absolutely, into the which equation, of course. Less people, bigger area, long way to travel. But yes, I was Monday. I was in Newtown. We're just opening an office in Newtown uh, at the moment, um, so we can talk to people more about cancer in that area because it is very rural. Yeah, um, and so yeah, Newtown, Welshpool, um, Oswestry, Street, all of that belt, all of the Welsh belt, and yet across to Telford, Ludlow, Whitchurch, it's big. It's yeah. a big area, and of course, demographically, it's rural. So people do have to travel to get to us. But, um, you know, if it means you're going to get great treatment, people will come. Yeah. Um, I know you come to arms with some stats. Um, So Lingen Davis was launched in 1979, is that correct? That is correct. Um, Can you tell us how many people the charity has helped and how much has been raised so far? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I didn't bring that, actually. Um, oh, we've got millions, loads of stats, but not that one. M- well, millions. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we started, as you say, in 1979. Two, two gentlemen, we didn't have any radiotherapy treatment, which I've already said. They built the centre. We've invested every year, you know, a million pound last year. Yeah. So um, it's going to be millions. Um, and patients helped. Well, we see, as I said earlier, actually, we see, we see on average about 4,000 patients a year. Now, we see 4,000 patients, we see about 40,000 appointments. So if you think wow. that, yeah. yeah, so if one of those patients comes through to us, they're probably going to be seen 10, 20 times. Yeah. Um, we get a lot of patients that come to us that don't need to be seen again. So, um, but actual patients that we're treating for cancer are those figures. So if you think that, okay, for the last 10 years, we've seen between two and a half and 4,000, a lot of patients, yeah. a lot. Uh, that centre, I go in there probably once a week. Um, it's always full chemotherapy full you know it is you know we worked all the way through the pandemic um we are currently a little bit behind um but that goes up and down depending on did the time center, of year did the, did the center open again we're talking about the pandemic I know. but did, did, did it sort of 
yes. extend hours and things like that during the pandemic. It to, carried on, yeah, absolutely. And we were one of the areas in South. Though South did, well, say South Shrewsbury and Telford hospitals. Can I say? Shouldn't shorten it, should I? Um, but there, you know, they did an amazing job. But we were one of the areas that remained relatively COVID-free during yeah. that time. The biggest problem was staff illness, because obviously what the NHS brought in, rightly so, was you can't come into work for X amount of days before, after, yeah. blah blah blah, masks, etc. So the actual issue for us was actually staffing. Um, but um, you know, we did incredibly well. We remained, you know, treatment never stopped. We continued to treat people. And of course, patients were poorly with it as well. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. so um, it definitely, we definitely saw a decline, but we're back up to where we were now. And it, it remains as busy as. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and we still are working very closely to the two week. You go to your doctors. If they suspect it's cancer, it's two weeks. The two week wait, yeah. Yeah. So you talked about. Um, Passing through the one million pound yeah. barrier. Yes. Uh, that's, yes. Now, I mean, in the middle of the cost of living crisis that we're in. Yes. First of all, that, I mean, that's amazing that well, you've done that. Yeah. I know. In yeah. the current circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Is is there a secret to that success? And given yeah. that we're in a cost of living crisis, are you, are you concerned for yourself or other charities? Yeah. That there's going to be a knock-on effect on the right. fundraising for, for, okay. for you guys going forward. Yeah. Great question. Just say going forward. Sorry. You're not allowed to say that. I just don't. I don't like it when people say it. No, I no. just said it. Okay. Dave, <laughs> well, Dave well, asked a question, but I'll okay. just say I did write. It was my question that I wrote. Oh, down did you? Yeah. So no, I just said it. Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> I okay, I'll make sure I don't say that now. <laughs> well, let's all say it. We could play bingo, couldn't we? We could play we like word cor- bingo. Corporate, corporate speak bingo cards. That's what we need for the next podcast. <laughs> right, we'll have that. So. Okay. So um, interesting that question. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. so where do I start? So, as I said earlier, I started three years ago. So I started May 2020. And at that point, the charity was at a crossroads. They had decided that they wanted to invest in taking the charity forward. So um, I started as a development manager, came in. I'm definitely an ideas person. Um, came in and looked at how we were receiving our income, basically. We have always been very much community-based Um, charity receives money through one or two income streams so that being people doing raffles coffee mornings that sort of thing for us we hadn't looked at other avenues of potential income we had a few bits in Um, so what I've done is is and and I was very lucky actually because Yes, everyone's like, oh, you start a new job at the beginning of the pandemic. But actually, it gave me time. Yes. Um, it gave me time to see how things We've had a couple of guys who said that, haven't they? They gave you the yeah. breathing space, but you probably Absolutely. wouldn't have had. Yeah. Well, you would definitely have had it. If you walked into our office now, I've got two new starters coming in, next, in the next few weeks. They're going to be like, oh, my goodness me. This is mental. Mm. So, yeah. you know, because that's what fundraising is. Yeah, you know, yeah. it is mad. But when I started, it was all a bit calm. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. But it gave me time. Yeah. Yeah. So it gave me time to look to see what we were and weren't doing and I was able to have a year of development within sort of our department in our teams that perhaps wasn't going out to the public um so um I think that has definitely um increased our income there's absolutely no question about that um and we because we have applied for funding through different avenues like trusts and foundations we received 200,000 last year through that avenue we didn't even look at that in previous years uh, we've built a legacy campaign where we're starting to see more money coming through legacies um so and corporate our corporate ask is much stronger and my time is spent on that so that is one of the secrets yes 
However, uh, bigger picture, the pan- pandemic. How many are we going to do? Are we going to do how should, many we should times? Do a, can we do a pandemic count? How many times are we going to say it? I'm sorry, sorry. sorry. Jack, Jack will keep score. But that. So as we are now, um, 2023, there has been a change in how people are choosing to give money to charities. During the pandemic, people decided they wanted to give locally. They wanted to support communities and invest. Mm. Um, and I'm just looking at my stats now. Um, so just to say, £11.3 billion was given to charities in the UK in 2020. That's how much money charities, you know, it's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely massive. But it's changing. So um, people are giving to local charities rather than nationals. They're wanting to see the benefits in their local Mm. communities to what we're doing. So I think that, yes, we need to be very aware of what is happening around us. And, you know, I've noticed it myself. I've got two teenagers. My food bills are massive um so and heating bills are rising etc etc however i still think that people will give to local charities Mm. because it impacts them yeah i think where the knock-on effect is is your nationals comic let's talk about comic relief so comic relief happens in march and um in 2015 they raised 76 78 sorry 78 million pounds on their night obviously it doesn't all happen on the night yeah, yeah. but they give that impression um in 2023 they're at 35 million wow. oh, okay that's so that's half isn't it yeah, yeah. basically um less than half um and i genuinely believe that when i am working within the communities that i work in and i do have fingers in pies with other charities and have lots of colleagues and friends um, and the local charities are doing all right. Mm. They're doing really well. And it's because I believe that on the back of that word that we're not going to say again, um, <laughs> it's because people are wanting to give local and see the impact yeah. in their local community. Um, and the big nationals, I think, are where they're going to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which is because, sad. Is it, do you think that maybe because people were sort of forced to spend more time in their local community yes, during the absolutely, period. You couldn't go anywhere, so no, people exactly, got to know their local exactly. community more. I they? think that is 100% right. And I think the nationals lost their way a little bit. Mm. You know, it all went Captain Tom, didn't it? It all yeah. went NHS. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> phrase. It's all gone Captain Tom. It's all gone Captain Tom. Um, and it all went NHS. But again, the NHS campaign that happened that was an interesting thing as well. That was the um, NHS Charities Together thing, wasn't that's it? That's yeah. it, NHS Charities Together, which were... And it, when, when I, I said to you at the beginning of the interview, I did a little stint at the NHS. And um, the NHS Charities Together was actually a body that the NHS charities were a member of. They were not a fundraising yeah. um, charity. They were a body that, that supported fund tra- charities, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, overnight, they became... A, um, a charitable place to give money to. Yes. But I take that back to the local thing. Actually, what people wanted, I believe, is the support for their local hospitals. You know, the Thursday yeah. claps that happened. Well, as I said to you, I, I, I obviously worked, I yes. worked at South during the... I say, obviously, people listening to the podcast won't know that. But I worked at South during the pandemic. Yes. And at the start of the pandemic, you know, we were reporting all the time on the local curry house that was bringing curries for the staff that were working exactly. on the wards. Exactly. It was all that. And, exactly. and there was donations, yeah. <coughs> as you say, coming through, through the yep. South charity. There yes. were, I want to give money to this ward, yes. I want to give money to that yes. ward. Absolutely. And then it all became it, yes. the umbrella charities yes. together. Yes, which, but, but I have to say that I follow that charity a little bit. 
the NHS charity together, and they are. It is coming back to the hospitals. Yeah. You know, Shrewsbury. We've got that beautiful garden now yeah. on the top on the mound, and we just outside Ling and Davis at the Haymar Centre, which is where we're based. We've had a pod. I can only describe it as a pod. Um, put there's been a base, and we've got this new little home. And I think it's going to have some furniture in it. Okay. And that's all Captain Tom's money. Yeah. So it is coming back to locals. And I know that Robert Jones is, again, local hospital up at Oswestry. They've had um, money invested in there and Telford. So it is coming back. But I absolutely am sure that in answer to your initial question is, is it this amazing, is there a science to it? Yes, I think we have developed as a charity. Yeah. We've, you know, we were three, we're now 14 staff. Wow. So that's the investment. Um, but equally, I think we ride on the back of the fact that, that things have changed in the charity sector and that um, we have seen a, a, a definite change from nationals, cancer researchers, Macmillan's, you know, your Alzheimer's. There's still some very prevalent ones, you know, um, MND at the moment, mm. very, very strong yeah. out there. Alzheimer's, very, very strong, and rightly so. Um, but I, and I suppose you'll always have things like the world's biggest coffee morning and things. Absolutely, those aren't going anywhere. absolutely. There's a place for them. And, and also, I would hate to see those big, you know, your cancer researchers of this world, the work they're doing mm. is incredible. And ultimately, they help us. Yeah, of course. You know, they, they help us decide whether or not we want a new CT scanner because they're telling us yeah. this amazing information. You know, before I come here today and um, before we do marketing and things, we use their website because they have some incredible stats and information. So people do need to continue to to support those big charities because yeah. they do amazing work but i do think that locally there has been a shift without a shadow and i think that we can ride on the back of that cool well what about the nationals then you know what can they do going forward we've seen the effects the impacts like you've just yeah. described i think controversial this may be i think they need Good. to be a bit more <laughs> transparent that's what i think i think the oxfam thing that happened yeah. a few years ago where um you know there was money being spent that perhaps wasn't 100% correct. Um, and I think they need to be really transparent about how that money... And for a small so charity... So do you think maybe people have become a bit, a bit distrusting of... of I think the, they've become The bigger more, charities. Yeah, maybe. But I think they've become more aware. Mm. I think people are savvy. And I think people want to know where their money's Absolutely. going. That's what I think. Yeah. I think that... And, and I see that in young people coming through... You know, the internet allows you to Google anything, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, and tell you. Um, and with smaller charities, they're able to do that. Yeah. So when we write an annual report, we can go two plus two equals four. This is what we've spent. We have to be, and we can't not be because we're not talking in big figures. Um, so the big nationals are talking in big figures, but they've got to be transparent. Mm. They've got to show that their chief exec is earning 150,000. Personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, actually on my personal point of view, because they're running a multi-million yeah. pound business. Um, but they need to be transparent. And there's a lot of people in these big charities earning a lot of money. And I think that's been sort of... I don't think it's been obviously hidden, but I don't think they've realised the importance of people wanting to know. Yes. And I think as the new generations come through and, and people like us sit around the table, we want to know where that money's going. Yeah. So that's what I think they need to do. I don't think it's that they're not doing good work. I think it... or. I think it's just that they need to be transparent with people yeah. and, and they need to show that this is what they're doing and this is where it's going, um, which I think, you know, for us, smaller can do that very easily. But yeah. I don't think the big ones, it's as easy. And I understand that, but I think that's what it is. Um, and I think for more people, if they want more people to invest. I think they need to 
be clearer. That's what I think. Well, you obviously know what you're talking about because you've well, you've been a, you've won awards for fundraiser <laughs> of the year. Oh, not bad. Good after, research. Yeah, not bad after three years, is it? Like <laughs> it isn't bad. Tell, after tell three us, years. tell us more about that. Oh right, okay. So that was um, so I remember. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I'm a member of the Charles Institute of Fundraising. Um, which wasn't even a thing, you know, not that long ago, really. There wasn't a chartered foundation. But we're now, we've got this ch uh, Charter Institute fundraising, which is great, which uh, you can become a member of if you're a fundraiser. And um, we, Anna, my colleague at work, she, we'd seen that they were doing some awards. Um, she wrote a beautiful piece about me, um, which was amazing. All true, obviously. Of, of course. Um, yeah, uh, with some big words in it. That's um, always the way forward, it, yeah. Yeah, it, it sounded fantastic. Obviously, <laughs> she's a journalist, you know Anna. Yeah. Um, and um, I went to the conference, uh, which I had absolutely no idea I was going to win this. And where was this? Where, no, where, where? this was in Birmingham. Nice. Uh, 2022, October, was it? September, October? Um, and uh, I went with two colleagues who were new into fundraising. I took them, literally, I thought I was taking them on a day out to talk, you know, for them Bit to learn some skins. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and it was very interesting, actually. It was a great day. They do sort of like these, um, um, you know, information gathering, basically, yeah. about what's happening in the market, which I absolutely love, as you can probably tell from what I'm talking about. I absolutely love what I do. And um, so for me, it was really interesting, and I took new... And, uh, yeah, at the end, they said... Um, there was a couple of awards. There was a West Midlands Fundraiser of the Year, East Midlands Fundraiser of the Year, and uh, I won West Midlands Fundraiser of the Year. And basically, it was on the back of the work that I'd done at Lingen. So the fact that Can you insert I, some applause there, Jack? Yeah, whee! <laughs> um, so, yeah, so basically the fact that... Um, and it isn't just about money. Um, obviously, what we do is about raising money, but it's about, you know, I'm very passionate about my team, about who I work with, um, what empowering them to do some amazing stuff. You know, I took Anna on. Uh, we didn't have a comms team when we started. Um, we've got, you know, as I say, there's 14 of us now. Um, and so it's not all about me, sadly. Um, it's <laughs> mostly. About the, it's mostly, mostly, yeah. About but it's about an amazing team that I have um, and some, you know, people that are passionate about cancer and what we are looking to achieve that are absolute specialists in what they do. You know, Lizzie, who puts on our events programme, is incredible, you know. And so, yeah, it was. it's definitely, everybody says it, team award, but it was my award. Um, I'm taking it, um, but it's because of the amazing people. Where is it? I'd say is it the centre or is it at home on your mantle? No, it's in the it's in the office. Oh, yeah, it's on the it's 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 in the in the middle of the office. Oh, well, that's very um, magnanimous of you. Pardon? That's very magnanimous. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. No, it was a great shock. Uh, I was very, I'm, I feel very proud to have had it, um, and but I am very passionate about what I do. Um, I'm very passionate about um, the charity sector and about the amazing work we do. Um, and, and not just Lingen, but all the other charities in the county and worldwide. You know, we could not do, you know, the government rely on charities so much to oh, invest yeah, yeah. into services. We, you know, so I'm very passionate about all of that. So, yeah. Fantastic. And, and just, so you've, you've touched on it a little bit, but if people sort of wanted to get involved 
Whittling and Davis, either through fundraising or whatever it might be? What are yeah. the sort of different avenues that people, yeah. can, people so can support you? Usual websites is probably the easiest. If you put Whittling and Davis, it'll come up. There's forms on there they can fill out to get in touch with us. There's email addresses. You can ring the office. Um, you can email me directly, helen.knight.lingandavis.co.uk. I don't mind receiving an email from anybody. Um, <laughs> makes me look popular. Um, and important, I can tell everybody how busy I am. Um, but we've got a full events programme for this year, um, from balls to jumping out of planes to Spanish hikes. With a parachute, I hope. Yeah, and I won't be doing it now. <laughs> I, know. Um, I know. Do you know what? It's the one thing... I mean, I say why not. I wouldn't do it, but... no. Something I've always wanted to do, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah we've had this discussion before. <gasps> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I've done sign zip wires, I've done... I'm sorry, but not a plane. No. I've seen my husband do it. Um, it was a long time ago now, 20 years plus. And um, he jumped out of a plane and he went up and did it again. It was worse... I've decided it was worse for me waiting for him to come yeah. through the clouds thinking he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's my way. Why why my wife doesn't want me to do it yet. Why is his parachute yeah. I so should have increased that life insurance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, but, yeah, I found it extremely... And then when he came down, I went, oh, that was amazing, I'm going to do it again. I was like, really? Now? Yeah, I'm going to do it again now. I was like, oh, no. Um, can't think of anything worse. But people love it. What's yeah, all that about? Yeah, I don't it's, it's a perfectly good plane. Stay in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't even like going up in a plane. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Um, so I, yeah, my, sadly, my tummy won't put up with any of it. So, but I think you should do it. For Lingard Davis. First of July. Yeah, there's about 10 people already signed up. It was. It, right, James. It, yeah, come on. Yeah, I think you should do it. You don't have to raise that much money. You can do a podcast from the plane. From the plane, yeah. And then the microphone. It's all here. We can have one of them things <laughs> yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Really we've got, we got, we got one of those. Oh, yeah, you've got to join in the part. We've got one behind you. You're doing the video in there's like four. Yeah, you can do that. I think you should do it. I think I think, I think it's right, I think, I think I think sold. I think you've kind of been press ganging into that, James. Yeah, you can't edit that. Probably asked this earlier, but what has inspired you to get into the charity sector? Well, I think... Uh, well, two things really. First of all, I had my children and I was made redundant. So I had quite a biggish job um, up in Manchester. I was selling property and I had about 40 staff and it was all a bit mad. Um, earned lots of pennies and the housing market was amazing. Mm. Sold some beautiful properties to footballers. It was great. Oh, was it the, Any the Cheshire Belt, was it? Any yeah. names you can. Paul Scholes. Oh, yeah. Sean Wright Phillips. Yeah. yeah. We've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so did a bit, did, did that. I did that for quite a long time, well, since I left school. And uh, I was made redundant. I was absolutely gutted, broken I was. I'd had two children and they were little. And I thought, what am I going to do? And then my uncle died of cancer. He was 42. Shit. Uh, mm. Oh, sorry, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you can get away with it. It was shit, yeah. Um, and can, can we get away with it? Okay. You can bleep it. You'll be, you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was <laughs> cancer is shit. Yeah. Um, so well, there's a clip for the podcast, cancer is shit. Yeah, it is, it is. So 42 he was, and he had bowel cancer. And there was lots of people around me that it was just, yeah, a bit of a time. So I thought, what am I going to do? And I thought, I'm going to go into the charity sector. So I applied to Macmillan and I applied to Marie Curie, got an interview with Macmillan, and I've never looked back. 
I absolutely love it. And your sales you background. Yeah, yeah you I can. know, <laughs> I know. My sales background is a massive help because yeah, I course, am a salesperson. Yeah. Um, I love people. I love networking and talking to people. But I'm also kind. I can't. I'd like to think I'm a kind person. So I'm. I can listen to people, even though I talk a lot. Um, and I have some empathy to what they might be going yeah. through. So um, yeah. And, and I joined Macmillan. And so that's why I got into it, really. It was a tr- career change. It was a time in my life where I wanted to do something different. Um, you're never going to earn amazing money working for a charity. Um, but I, I think just I think having children changes you as a person. It definitely does. Um, I was working in Ma- I was commuting to Manchester every day. It was I was in a rat race. You know, I had no friends. That is the honest truth. You know, I was just working. Mm, that's yeah. what I did. Um, and my husband and I just earned money and went to the pub. That was about it, really. There was nothing else to my life. It, it completely fulfills me. I absolutely love it. Um, and, yeah, I'm very lucky. And just in terms okay. of the, the charity itself, um, yeah. Lincoln Davis, anything big on the horizon or and, yeah. and further afield? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, we finished our appeal last year, 2022, for the CT scanner and the yeah. clinic rooms. We will have a new appeal. Um, it's imminent okay. within the next two or three... Can you say anything at all yet? Or do you uh, it's to... going to be equipment going into okay. more into the hospital. Um, we're also going to increase our grants programme. So we do a small grants programme where people can apply to money for us for up to £10,000. Well, it's a sort of secret... <laughs> Um, at the moment, so we need to massively tell people about that. We can do that. Yes, we can exactly. Help yeah. So you can go onto our website, and you, if you have uh, a cancer support group, or you want some funding for something, we've just done a project. Actually, can I touch on this? Have I got time? Yeah, absolutely. You've got as much time as you want. Okay. So we've just done a little project. This is really low value, but massively impactful. So. Uh, radar keys. Do you know what a radar key is? No idea. Exactly. So, um, a radar key is if you are in town uh, and you are want to get into a disabled toilet, they're always locked. Right. Yes. yes. I, now, now you've said it. Now yes. I do know what they are. Yes. So, if you have several different forms of cancer, um, as in um, urology or breast cancer, it doesn't matter. Actually, it can be any different cancer. Sometimes that affects your waterworks, can affect your bowel movements, whatever. So, you need to go to the loo. End of. So some we had a situation where um, a lady called Val Mackay, who's actually a friend of mine, um, ha, was she works um, in the community working with cancer patients. She came to us, she'd met this chap, wasn't going out of the house. He said, I can't go out of the house, I need to toilet all the time, I can't go out of the house. We're like, you've got to get out of the house. You know, it was a, you know, and obviously the knock-on effect to these things yeah, with absolutely. everything is like mental health, not going out, you know affecting his relationships you know it's tough mm. so um she came to me and she said have you got any money i was like uh, maybe what do you want she went i want some radar keys i want people i want to be able to give them out to people who need to go into town which they can go to the loo i was like this is genius <coughs> so i said yes i've got money so she applied to our grant scheme i think I want to say a thousand pounds it wasn't a lot of money it was a small amount of money um and she's bought Hundred and hundred radar keys. Mm. They're going out into Shropshire, um, Mid Wales, Telford <coughs> and Reekin, um, and people can now. It's something so simple. Yeah. What you know, but, but the, like you said, the impact that's having on people's yeah, lives. Absolutely. So that is our small <coughs> grant scheme where we can literally just um, people can apply to money for us, and if it's something related to cancer, it's going to help people. Then we can do it. 
definitely so help that, you that spread is, the word on that. That is two parts of <coughs> what we're trying to achieve. We remain... Oh, to, are you all right? <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just ignoring you. Do stop, water? Stop ruining the podcast. He's going, he's going out. He's swallowed wrong. Just he's having a pause while, okay. while James doesn't choke to death. I did a first aid course last week. I'm sat here just looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's leaving. He's leaving. He's gone. He's leaving the building. He's gone. Let's talk amongst, uh, talk amongst ourselves. Mm.